This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. 1,000 buildings burned, 5,600 cars destroyed. America's, oh, it's France's police departments have been vandalized. Their churches burned. And it's just the first week. Just the first week of the French riots, and are they coming to America? Or have we already experienced ours, and they're just now passing to France? Today on Viewpoint, we want to take a look at what's happening in France as it relates to what is happening, what has been happening, and what may very well be happening in America as we move down the track from our celebration of freedom. We could call it the flames of France, France and America's future, or what happens when free men shall stand. I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And here's a question that came just the last couple of days. Could we still win a revolutionary war? The answer from Daniel McCarthy is no, we could not. Could the Americans today have won the Revolutionary War? And would they have been wanting, even wanting to fight it? Few Americans might of military age are ready today. A Wall Street Journal report notes that during the Department of Defense, according to the Department of Defense, 77% of American youth are disqualified from military service due to lack of physical fitness, low test scores, criminal records, including drug use or other problems. And when an entire generation is as poorly prepared for responsibilities of citizenship as today's young people are, including the ultimate responsibility of defending the nation, the blame falls heaviest on their elders, he writes. Our institutions shape the youth cohort, and the leaders at the top of our institutions utterly failed them. The message from our schools and universities, media and political organizations, and even a startling number of hospitals and churches is that life is mostly about feeling good. In the quickest and easiest way possible, of course. So hedonism is a peril every successful society runs, including France and America. What's unusual about American society, though, in the 21st century, isn't our short-term living so much as the fury aimed at anyone or anything that rebukes it. And that includes fury at our own past, even at statues of men who put country and honor above personal gratification. So the writer goes on, historical and emotional revisionism hasn't made our young people happier. It's only made them worse, citizens. Moral habits make a people fit to fight, and the ideas we teach shape those habits. But we wouldn't have won our independence some 240 years ago with a citizenry molded by the ideas that govern our culture today. In the wars of the future, an enemy may find that we have defeated ourselves long before we reached the battlefield. Our military recruitment problem is only a symptom of a deadlier disease, the loss of what made us a free people in the first place. 
And then we have the report concerning the Women's National Basketball Association, Natasha Cloud. The World Tribune reports her belittling, mocking of her country. She says after her country, that is America, made her a millionaire, that the country is trash and racist. Here she stands with her hands on her hips in glaring arrogance as a black woman declaring her own country trash and racist. The Washington Wizards star has become a millionaire playing basketball thanks to the U.S. capitalist system, said a series of tweets in response to her accusation that America is trash and racist. She tweeted, our country is trash in so many ways, and instead of using our resources to make it better, we continue to oppress marginalized groups that we have targeted since the beginning of time, she said. Black and brown communities, LGBT plus, and they're just too powerful to still be attacking issues separately. Then come to find out, she admits that she is... Yes, indeed. A lesbian. And she says that America is an effing joke. This is the kind of person, friends, making millions of dollars at the expense of America's capitalism and freedom that has absolutely no recognition of the country that gave her such privilege. The privilege even to speak out. She has absolutely no consciousness of what she speaks. And then there was the other women's basketball star, Brittany Griner, also an admitted lesbian. She was 10 months in a Russian prison. And then when America brought her home, She said she would no longer take a knee during the national anthem. She had a new appreciation of the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. A new appreciation. It's amazing what a little dose of reality can do to change one's viewpoint. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's happening in France We're going to talk about how it relates to our country today and what it is, what it is that you and I have the best hope of doing something about it. I hope you're willing to listen. Again, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. You're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. Our viewpoint concerning life and liberty is determining destiny. It's determining destiny in France, and it will determine destiny here and is as we speak. According to Israel National News and the writer Julio Miotti, very wise op-ed writer for Israel National News, he says that the cultural leftism that dominates in the media are largely responsible for the flames in France. 
Those who warned Europe for years that this would happen have the feeling of a person sitting with his legs crossed, a cat on his knees, a bag of popcorn, and the view from the terrace of the burning city living out his prophecies. There are many images to remember of a new night of violence in France, looting of an armory in the heart of Marseille, the second largest city in France, during which numerous pistols were stolen. In Deschere, the central Christmas tree was set on fire, but the synagogues were already set on fire 20 years ago. He said this is how barbarism comes about. The denial maintained by the ruling classes and fueled by this cultural leftism that dominates this country and the media is largely responsible for the current situation. We'll go on to take a look at some of his observations and then we return to America, from France to America, the flames of France and America's future. We'll be right back, friends. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The Flames of France and America's Future, here today on Viewpoint, after our celebration of our nation's birthday. What do we do to restore freedom and liberty for all? You may recall that America had a revolution. It was called the American Revolution, the Revolutionary War, that began in 1775 and then was further catapulted by the signing of the Declaration of Independence in 1776, and then ultimately lasted for many years until finally the British were finally defeated at Yorktown in Virginia, and then the battle for a constitution in Seward, in, in, uh, issued out in Philadelphia, where Benjamin Franklin reported to a woman who asked what form of government we had been given, he said, a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. A republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. Well, we've kept it so far, but it's barely hanging on by a shred. Dr. Alveda King, the niece of Martin Luther King, Jr., said America's independence is on a precipice. Our nation's position right now is indeed a precarious one, she said. Now is the time to turn our eyes to heaven and our hearts to God in prayer for leaders who will agree with George Washington in 1776, where he said it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God in the Bible. Please, let's pray for repentant hearts, godly leaders, the sanctity of life and family, freedom from tyranny here and abroad, and the cessation of violence and strife among the members of the beloved family of humankind. But let us be mindful to do our part. 
remembering that freedom must be won, proclaimed and firmly held in and by every generation, every decade, and on every platform. Thank you, Alveda King, for those words. So why is it that for 47 consecutive months in a row, gun sales in America have topped $1 million. The answer is clear. Americans agree with Alveda King that America's freedom is on the precipice, teetering on a precipice. It's the same kind of precipice that France is facing as we speak. And we were talking about the American Revolution, and then the French Revolution. The French Revolution began with the storming of the Bastille, 1789. Liberals celebrated it. Radical liberals, godless liberals, thought that it was the greatest demonstration of freedom ever in the history of mankind, the storming of the Bastille. Heads began to roll. Violence took over Paris. Blood rolled down the streets of Paris, and the heads rolled off Madame Guillotine into the tumbrils. It was a nasty situation, but it was celebrated. Freedom at last, freedom at last. Sounds an awful lot like that women's national basketball Player Natasha Cloud calling her own country trash and racist. That's really how to stir up some hope in the country. Really how to correct the country's wrongs. But no, she has no appreciation. Because she has never, ever, ever had to deal with reality. She is like the majority of America's young people today. Unprepared. Unprepared for the military unprepared for life, unprepared to be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand because they don't know how to stand. And that's exactly what the writers are saying now with regard to what's happening in France. We were listening to Julio Miotti, who is a very profound op-ed writer for Israel National News, And he's talking about the flames of France and what was going down there, what's been going down there this week. He said, this is how barbarism comes about. The denial maintained by the ruling classes and fueled by this cultural leftism that dominates this country, the media is largely responsible for this situation. He said, Jewish historian George Bensouan tells the uh, newspaper Le Figaro that with this paradox that there have been never been so many contemporaries aware of the wreck of this society as there are today, and that at this very same time, the state has never appeared so hindered in stemming the course of things. This journey towards catastrophe is exactly what it is, a journey towards catastrophe. And that's the journey that we're on, friends. And then he writes to this important factor is added the fall of religious practice and a real anthropological revolution concomitant with the collapse of the great framework structures of the past. 
In Marseilles, 600 people formed gangs who took control of the center to loot and devastate. Meanwhile, the mayor was begging for reinforcements in Paris, just beyond belief. They burnt the town hall of Person in uh, Val d'Oise, like the media library on the outskirts of Metz, with Molotov cocktails and petro cans. Death threats to the Gaullist leader Eric uh, Ciotti sprayed on his home building, and then the shootings against the policemen in Lyon. In Marseille, two off-duty pol- policemen were dragged from their car and lynched. 2,560 fires since the beginning of the French Revolution. The one happening this week. And if there's an image that says a lot about the revolt... It's the one discovered this morning by the faithful of an evangelical church in Marseille who discovered their place of worship looted, the prayer hall destroyed, doors, shutters, and windows knocked down with the words, the last prophet is Muhammad, engraved on the church, leaving little doubt about the Islamic nature of the violence in the country where 29 churches have been burned as have numerous cathedrals. And every day, Two more churches are desecrated. No European country, writes Miata, has ever seen such a thing. This is what happened in a single night in the Department 27 area. A McDonald's on fire, a Renault Center on fire, a pharmacy destroyed, a bus on fire, Molotov cocktails against a shop. A police station attacked, a police station on fire, a youth center devastated, a looted bus station, two vehicles set on fire, a training center on fire, and in another department, the town hall destroyed by flames, two schools on fire, the municipality vandalized, fires in many municipalities, warehouses burned, a library vandalized, and barbarians tried to set fire to the house of the mayor. The Flames of France. But you say, that all sounds so familiar. Didn't we already have something like that? Black Lives Matter and all of the response to the George Floyd situation, all of those things stirred up, buildings burned all across the country, and nobody did anything to stop it? Have we become France? Has France become us? Are the French and the Americans actually now linked in their progressive rejection of the God who made and preserved them a nation and reaping the results that we deserve? And if so, where is the hope? Is there any hope? That's the question. You see, the French Revolution, as we've talked about here on this program, did not result in freedom at all. In fact, it resulted in greater tyranny. The greater the alleged freedom in the pursuit of it, through ungodly means, the greater the tyranny and lack of freedom that resulted. So much so, that by the end of the French Revolution, with millions having been killed, leadership having been destroyed, the churches having been destroyed, Robespierre, a French lawyer that was worshipped, had been declared Messiah. The goddess of reason erected in Notre Dame to replace God 
And then you wonder, how could such a thing be? Well, the foundations of France are built on godless revolution, friends. And the foundations of America are seriously being attacked by a similar godless revolution. Now, how great is that godless revolution that's attacking uh, America right now? Well, the report has come through today that there is a polarization of people throughout the United States resulting in people moving all over the country. Here it is. Nicholas Riccardi records a polarization driving conservatives to red states and liberals to blue states. Friends, that's a civil war. It's a spiritual civil war that is taking place. The people are making their choices, and they're moving accordingly. Is that uniting the nation? I thought the phrase was, united we stand. No. No. It's united according to a rebellious viewpoint that we stand. So, Americans now... Rather than uniting around the fear of the Lord, which was at the foundation of our country, are uniting around hatred of the Lord and embracing the spirit of the French Revolution. And so the blue states are becoming bluer by the haters of God, the rebellers against all biblical authority, all genuine law and order authority in order to carry on a new form of freedom called licentiousness. In other words, I'll do what I want, thank you very much, and ain't nobody going to tell me anything else. The concept of law and order doesn't sway anymore in America or in France. And so even... People are voting with their feet to go to various states across the country in order to divide even further. I thought that the phrase was, united we stand, divided we fall. Didn't Jesus say that a city divided against itself cannot stand? A family divided against itself cannot stand? A nation divided against itself cannot stand? then where is it that we are going? Where is the hope in our heritage? That's the question. Where is the hope in our heritage? Can we continue to bow down at the shrine of a heritage that we continue to talk talk about as a good and godly heritage? Nothing wrong with that. But if we refuse to honor the God of that heritage, have we not created an idol out of our own heritage? and mocked the very country and the founders, the very people that gave their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor in signing the Declaration of Independence, that fought the Battle of the Revolutionary War, that fought in the Civil War, that have fought in America's wars to protect and preserve freedom and justice for all. Whatever happened to all of that? We're going the way of France. So what does that look like when you go the way of France? Well, Kurt Zadulka, 
Breitbart.com gives us an, a, a very good picture of this. Here's the headline. Majority of French back the end of the Fifth Republic amid breakdown in order. Please listen carefully. Two-thirds of the people of France would support the end of the Fifth Republic as the government of President Emmanuel Macron continues to fail to restore social order in the country. While the streets of France have descended into scenes similar to those seen in violent revolutions not witnessed in supposedly stable Western European countries, the French public is apparently prepared to back a political revolution of their own, with a majority supporting the abolition of the current republic that has governed the country since 1958, the fifth such republic since the violent revolution which abolished the Bourbon monarchy in 1792. Hmm. We'll talk more about that because a Frenchman by the name of Alexis de Tocqueville told us about this problem in 1830 when he came to America to find out what it was that made America great when France couldn't get off the dime. Are you ready for this conversation? We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. The flames of France burning in America underneath the culture of our country. The embers of a new French revolution are burning. And the foundations of the country are being consumed and weakened. As the psalmist once said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We're going to focus on that aspect in the final segment of the program here today. And I hope that you'll stay tuned because, friends, we're in deep trouble. You can look across the pond at France and you can say, wow, in France, in France, a thousand buildings burnt, 5,600 cars destroyed just in the first week. 3,300 arrests in the first week of French riots? What's this about, anyway? And would two-thirds of the people of France want to support the end of their government, the Fifth Republic? And why is it they're of the Fifth Republic when we're still on the First Republic? Ah, maybe we can get an understanding if we answer that question. And that takes us back to a fellow by the name of Alexis de Tocqueville. 
Alexis de Tocqueville was a young Frenchman. You might call him a prophet for his time. He was a secular guy coming from not-so-jolly old France that had had a revolution, that had established a government of sorts, but they couldn't get off the ground. They could not establish a stable government. So Alexis de Tocqueville comes over to America in 1830 to try to find out what it was that made America great. That's what, that's what his goal was. So he spent nine months in America, and that should, nine months, that should give birth to something, right? So he, he spent nine months here, and he compiled his results in a book called Democracy in America. It's an amazing book. It used to be that high school students were required in their civics classes to read that book. Not anymore, and not for two generations, friends. But what's the book about? Well, it's interesting. In the opinion of five Berkeley sociologists, they expressed in their bestseller, Habits of the Heart, that de Tocqueville offered the most comprehensive and penetrating analysis of the relationship between character and society in America that had ever been written. When de Tocqueville came to America near the midpoint of our country's 400-year history, almost exactly 200 years after the English attorney John Winthrop landed four boatloads of Puritans and penned his model of Christian charity, de Tocqueville stated, I think I see the whole destiny of America contained in the first Puritans who landed on these shores. Now, those words come as anathema to those in blue states today to those running the Democratic Party today, to many in the Republican Party today. Those words are anathema. You've got to be kidding me. De Tocqueville, a Frenchman, a secular Frenchman, saw the destiny of America contained in the first Puritans who landed on these shores? Well, now it's about a hundred and... uh, uh, 85, 90 years since he landed on these shores. And his perspective, friends, can assist us if we enter as, as we're now in this third millennium to regain our perspective. We're heading toward the 250th anniversary of our country. That is the political birth of our country. So I want you to listen to what he said, among other things. He said, I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers. And it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless prairies, and it was not there. In her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it wasn't there. It wasn't until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good, but if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Friends, that tells us right there in very simple terms what our problem is and how to deal with it. It's very simple. So the Christian church is and has always been the lighthouse of our country. 
Although we enjoy freedom of religion and respect men of other faiths, it was the Christian church that sowed the seeds of America's birth vision. It was the church that nurtured those those, uh, seeds during the nearly two centuries before the nation's political birth. And it's only the church professing true Christians that can gain and breathe new life into our nation that is gasping right now through every fiber of its being for the oxygen of faith amid the smoke of a new French revolution sweeping the world to store a flow of moral truth that will restore her character and revive her heart. That's where we are. And in the last segment of the program, I want to focus specifically on that because we must have a direction. We have been bringing that direction for 30 years since the Lord spoke to my heart in 1992. You've been pleading the cause of men long enough, and I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour here on the near edge of the second coming. And so I left the practice of law at the height of my career, came to the birthplace of the nation where God called us to come on the shores of the James, America's birth river, where we proclaim this message for 28 plus years now to rebuild the foundations of faith and freedom, to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. This is not just about temporal Uh, nations and temporal powers and so on, friends. This is about eternal destiny. If you think it's just about whether or not we're going to have three cars in every garage and uh, four chickens in every pot and live happily ever after as a restored America, you've got the whole picture wrong. That's part of our problem. We think we become proud in our own prosperity. In fact, John Winthrop, the godly attorney that penned the model of Christian charity back there in uh, uh, 1630, warned us about this very problem. Alexis de Tocqueville warned us about this very problem in 1830. And here we are. The French are displaying this. They lost, they could not establish the first republic with any degree of stability. Alexis de Tocqueville comes over here in 1830 and says, something is different about America. Their revolutions were at about the same time, but the French Revolution was was supposedly in favor of freedom, liberty, equality, and fraternity, But it didn't turn out that way. What was the difference between the French Revolution and the American Revolution? The difference is that the French Revolution was a rebellion against God and the resurrection of human reason. It was an anti-Christ spirit. The American Revolution although not totally pure in every respect, like nothing in human uh, endeavor is, it was based upon the fear of God and the restoration of the God-fearing nature of the people and the restoration of the Bible as the exclusive authority in the land. 
Alexis de Tocqueville noted in his Democracy in America that that was exactly what he saw. He said, when I came here, the very first thing that I noticed was the spiritual nature of the country and that the authority in the country was not emanating from government, but was emanating from God, from the Bible, from the scriptures. He said it wasn't like everybody in the country was actually a dedicated born-again Christian, but it was that universally the people in this country were walking in what we call today the fear of the Lord, and that the Bible and the precepts of the scriptures were the universal authority in the country. That was the difference. Today in America, half of our country, more than half of our country has cast, cast over the traces concerning that foundation. In fact, some are calling it just an embarrassment. And so we're heading the way of France. And France, that could not get a stable government in the days of Alexis de Tocqueville, has now had five governments or five republics, and now two-thirds of the people are wanting to cast over and get rid of the current Fifth Republic, and start a new country. A new government. Wow. That's happening right now, in this week, friends. The Russian Times has a piece concerning this. France is reaping what it has sown with rioting kids. So now it's the nanny state that has stepped in and taken on the role of the parent, talking about France, to the parents themselves, and has even imposed nightly curfews to force parents to keep their unaccompanied kids at home after 9 or 10 p.m. Excuse me, but what on earth is any minor doing out without a parent after that hour anyway? The fact that the phenomenon is so rampant that it requires heavy-handed state action speaks volumes, writes the Russian Times. Macron himself, in typical French parenting style, initially issued a blank check for kids to act up when he condemned the cop who allegedly shot the kid, trampling the officer's basic presumption of innocence. Kids in France behaving with total impunity. Friends, we've watched it in our own country. The flames of France are here. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. 
incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. French mayors are urging mobilization against nightly riots there in France. A poll reveals the industrialized world's least trusted government. Who do you think it is? The U.S. and the U.K. The world's least trusted governments. Except for France. When 50-year-old Samuel Adams signed the Declaration of Independence, he said this, We have this day restored the sovereign to whom all men ought to be obedient. He reigns in heaven, and from the rising to the setting of the sun, let his kingdom come. From the rising to the setting of the sun, let his kingdom come. That was the spirit of the American Revolution, friends. That was the spirit of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Can you see how different and radically different it was in spirit from the French Revolution? From the Declaration of Liberty, Equality, and Fraternity, they brought neither liberty nor equality nor fraternity in France. Has brought nothing but divided government, five republics so far, and now the people want to turn over the existing... There's no foundation for the country. They despise God. They erected the goddess of reason in the French Revolution, and they have maintained the goddess of reason ever since, but there's no reason. They have lost their ability to reason. This is the Antichrist spirit, friends. The spirit of the French Revolution was the Antichrist spirit that set the stage figuratively, symbolically, for the coming of the Antichrist. As it was for the first half of the French Revolution, it was called the Terror. Analogous to our understanding of a seven-year period in which the first half is a period of tribulation and trials. Oh, but it didn't end there. The French Revolution was not satisfied with a period of trials and tribulations. No, in order to achieve their godless goals and the total empowerment of unrighteousness in France in the name of liberty, they had to up the ante, and it was called the Great Terror. Analogous to the great tribulation that Jesus himself spoke of. We're heading there. This is not a game, my friends. This is real life in history, and those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And so here we are. What do we do? What do we do?
Ronald Reagan stated in 1961, in this country of ours took place the greatest revolution that has ever taken place in the world's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another. But the Founding Fathers established the idea that you and I had within ourselves the God-given right and ability to determine our own destiny, and that, by the way, I add, would be under God. Donald Trump stated in 2020, Each of you lives in the most magnificent country in the history of the world. Our founders launched not only a revolution in government, but a revolution in the pursuit of justice, equality, liberty, and prosperity. No nation has done more to advance the human condition than the United States of America, and no people have done more to promote human progress than the citizens of our great nation. And all that was made possible by the courage of 56 patriots who gathered in Philadelphia 246 years ago and signed the Declaration of Independence. They enshrined a divine truth that changed the world forever when they said all men are created equal. Our founders boldly declared that we are endowed by that same divine right given to us by our creator in heaven and that which God has given us, we will allow no one ever to take away. That is, unless we do. We're at that point, friends. We either will or we won't. We either will or we'll re, uh, or we won't. We'll either allow the flames of France to come in and take over the Western world, take over America, take over the Western world, or we will restore the foundations of righteousness. And it has to begin in God's house. That's where it has to begin. And that's what nobody wants to talk about. We've been talking about that now uh, for uh, 30 years here with Save America Ministries and then the Viewpoint Radio Broadcast through the various books that I have written. But our, our Christian leaders don't want to hear it. They want to think that we're the good guys and somebody out there is wearing the black hat. And therefore, we've got to take out the black hats so that the white hats can reign supreme. Well, that's offensive when those who are wearing the white hats from our own estimation, from God's viewpoint, are wearing black hats because we are in rebellion against the God who made and preserved us a nation. There's no fear of the Lord in God's own house. As God said through the prophet Malachi in Malachi chapter 2, if I be a father, where is my honor? Where's my honor? You call me father, but how could I possibly be a father in your eyes if you do not honor me, if you don't obey me, if you don't do what I ask you to do, if you don't cooperate with the rules and ways of my family, if you reject the Ten Commandments, if you reject my uh, spirit, if you reject loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbors yourself, how in the world can you still call me father? That's our problem. And this has taken place through drift. And drift can determine destiny. Just think what would happen. Just think what would happen if uh, a rocket was to be launched and they, the scientists that calculated the trajectory of that rocket were off by one or two degrees. 
Would that rocket ever reach its destination? No. Over the distance, it would be directed off course and would never get to its destination. That's our problem. We've allowed drift to come in in our churches, our evangelical churches, all across the land, both liberal and evangelical and fundamentalist. It doesn't matter. They're all involved in the drift. The pastors are involved in the drift. And if you repeat this cycle of drift over and over again, from godliness to godlessness, and on and on from each successive generation, you're in deep trouble. My wife and I have been reading through the book of Judges. It's not exactly the most pleasant book to read from. But what does it tell us? It tells us that Israel, God, the apple of God's eye, would be delivered. God would deliver them from their enemies. They would walk with him for a while. And then it took about 30, 40 years. And then they were off course again, worshiping idols, rejecting the God of their fathers. And God allowed discipline to come to them in the form of their enemies. And then they would come crying and screaming to God, help, help. And eventually God would help them. But then they did exactly the same thing again, over and over and over again for, guess what, 400 years. How old is our country now, friends? Just over 400 years from 1607 when the first land people landed at uh, Cape Henry and at Jamestown and at Richmond, Virginia where this broadcast emanates from. We're in deep trouble. We have to return. In my book, Renewing the Soul of America, a chapter toward the end of the book is called The Lighthouse. As William Bradford said in his Plymouth Plantation book in 1647, he said, as one small candle may light a thousand, May the light kindled here shine unto many, yes, in some sort, to our whole nation. So, our nation began as a lighthouse, friends. It didn't begin with the Declaration of Independence. It began with the landing at 1607 at Cape Henry, the planting of a cross, three crosses in a row, Cape Henry, Jamestown, and Richmond. Then, In 1620, the pilgrims, in the name of God, amen. That was their founding document. In the name of God, amen. We the people. Then in 1630, the godly attorney, John Winthrop, wrote a model of Christian charity as the new constitution for the people that were to land there uh, because they were outside of the Virginia Charter. That was the founding of the country. I urge you to get a copy of my book, Renewing the Soul of America, and the appendix of the book has the entire model of Christian charity set forth, which uh, some historians have said is the best expression of what America was to be and become. It will encourage you. It will strengthen you. It will help you to see how far we have fallen. 
how to prevent the fires of France from devouring the last best hope of earth that Abraham Lincoln said this country was. If this is the last best hope of earth, what is the best hope of earth then? What has happened to our country? The light in the lighthouse has grown dim. There's incontrovertible evidence to support that. And what must be done to restore the light of the Christian church in America? Who bears the responsibility for her waning influence? Who carries hope for her revival? Those are the tough but essential questions because America's survival depends on the church's revival. America's survival depends on the church's revival, and you and I are the church. Professing Christians. And I don't care what denomination you think you belong to or no denomination. We are all in this together. In my book, Renewing the Soul of America, the chapter on the lighthouse will inspire you. It will, in fact, there are several chapters there at the end of that book that are going to set a new vision for you, for all of us. Will the God we purport to serve gloss over our gross display of godliness with a glib grace? To what persons who profess his name will he extend mercy, and on what terms? Well, the psalmist made it very clear that the Lord is merciful and gracious to three groups of people. Well, one group of people that embrace all of these three things. Toward them that fear him, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who do his commandments. Very simple. Very, very simple. And none of those things are characteristic of the church today in America. None of those things. Now, we have hope. Thomas Jefferson said, Can the liberties of a nation be thought to secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are to be violated but with his wrath? Indeed, I tremble for my country, said Jefferson, when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Will America be given another chance? Or is our apostasy complete? You'll find all of that in the book, Renewing the Soul of America. That's why 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it as the final, the best message of hope they had ever read. It's on our website, $15 for the $18 book, saveus.org. Saveus.org, call us 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. God bless. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.